This is the Mind Your Business podcast. Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Business podcast. My name is Matt Williams. I'm joined, as always, by the amazing Alan Clark. And we have got 30 odd minutes of podcast gold coming up for you today. But what, how, how's your week been, Alan? Let's start there. Do you know, it's much better than last week's was as it descended into agonizing gastroenteritis stroke food poisoning. And I oh my thought it, I was on my way out, Matt. I really did. But oh, is that, it was that oh, dark? So yeah. it was this. <laughs> Dear me. Well, we, we've not had a great week running because the week before that, my entire family came down with the norovirus and then you caught something completely different the week after. So we're, if nothing else, we're a little bit thinner, both of us, than we were the last time we recorded. Well, right? I, did, I, I lost seven pounds in three days. Wow. Seven pounds. You haven't got seven pounds to lose. Oh, I, I have. I have, I have, um, but that is us getting our excuses in and why our podcasts aren't bang up to date. But the, 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 yeah, why why no one's heard like citing us serve of us for the last yeah couple of weeks is because we've been both bedridden while our better halves have been looking after the kids. Yeah, right, it's exactly right, hundred percent. Okay, wow. On on that note, we should crack on and actually deliver something of use to our listeners. So what are we talking about today? Right. I want to get into something that we can call the art of decision making. Okay. What's inspired that is an article I read, I don't know, it was about three months ago. And it was about in this article, and it, they were talking to top CEOs around the world. So it was a collective gaggle of CEOs, right? And asked what the number one um, skill set that, that helped them in, in their role CEO. And the most common one was the ability to make a decision quickly and stick by it. And the better and better that they got at the art of decision making, they felt gave them a big, huge competitive advantage versus uh, other companies, maybe within the same market. And we've talked before about procrastination um, yeah. and, and decision-making, whilst not always the root cause of procrastination, it is part of it. So that's what I thought we could get into today, a discussion to help our listeners maybe make faster, better decisions. I mean, I think this is a, a really interesting topic to catch on. And actually, it's relevant to me because we've as a business, we've we've been agonizing over a decision for the last, well, for about a week, really, in that we, should, should, I, should we launch, should we start there? Go on. Talk about what we did. So we are, as, as our listeners will know, our business is growing and we seem to always be recruiting. And um, we've, we're in this position now in a, in a tricky labor market where we're lucky that we, we, have a pipeline of, of talent that wants to come and work with us. And we've just been through the process of interviewing lots of really interesting and, and, and talented people. And we got down to two that we, we pretty much couldn't tell apart. Um, and they were interviewed by all different members of the team. So everyone saw each of them and everyone had an opinion. And we came down to how do we, how do we split them about? And we tried various different ways. Everyone came up with their kind of 
you know, wish list of absolute things that this person has to have to be able to deliver what we want them to. And they sort of couldn't split them on that. And then we looked at um, sort of how we felt they f- fitted culturally. And it was about 50-50 split between the two. And then we got them um, and we were sort of splitting hairs and we did a online poll. So no one felt like they could, they could, everyone could be honest without their name being associated to anything. And we got to the point where um, we weren't making a decision, right? And we needed to. And I kind of went back to before it all started, before the interviews, because I know both of these candidates before the interviews, looking at our growth curve, I knew that in my mind, this person was right for this job and this other person was right for the next job. And so I almost went back to the circle and that's great. All these conversations, all these polls, all these things, but actually if we can't, if we can't use the science or whatever to, to, to go with, I'm going to go with my gut, which is where we would have been three weeks ago. If I'd have not involved the team, all the team did was kind of go around in a circle and kind of prove my point that they're very, both very talented individuals and actually let's go on where they fit best and the timeline and how it works for each of them. And and that's how we did it. But at the end of that process, we ended up at the decision that my gut was telling me we should have made three weeks ago. However, having gone through that process, my team all feel like they've had input and, and a say in it. And, you know, I was very careful to go to the ones that were on, you know, what, would have made the other decision to what we or what I did to make sure that they understood the reasons and they were on board. Does that make sense? Yes. So I don't know what I'm trying to prove there other than saying that it's difficult and sometimes you've got to go with your gut. So I I would, let's start with the gut then because I've got maybe three or four things to throw at this podcast today, but that's definitely one of them, go with your gut. So when you hear that phrase, Matt, go with your gut or I went with my gut, what did, that mean to you when you hear that what was coming up in my mind that's your instinctive decision the one that like before i'd even interviewed these two and i'm lucky that i've worked with them both before right so i in, in, before i'd even interviewed i was i was my gut was telling me that this role was right for this one of them and that the other one is right for the role that we've got coming up in a few months time however I don't, I don't know if it's because I don't, it's not I don't trust my gut, but I wanted to follow through and have a process and a science. And you have to do that, right? And pe- and sometimes your gut, you, you sort of surprise yourself or something else happens in an interview or whatever it is. But yeah, my instinct, if you'd have asked me at the start, and I'm, I think you actually did ask me at the start because we had a conversation about this in a coaching session, we ended up where I my gut told me we would, but we've gone through the, done the scientific kind of, formal process to get there so there's i i don't know what this is because i i can't actually remember but there's definitely a neuroscience element to the gut in that it's not quite a, a second brain or something like that but there's something going on in terms of types of cells that are in the gut that that phrase is pretty accurate that it, there is something in there it's a feeling isn't it um, but that there's more than that going on here that may be part of human evolution, that actually that phrase going with the gut is maybe more accurate than we all think, and it is literally there's something in there in that region that's helping us to make a decision. Because it is a visceral, it's, it's a feeling. Isn't it? Yeah. It's instinctive. And it's intu- you can't, you can't, instinctive. Yeah. You can't tie it back to maybe that. Call- 
Sorry, Matt, I talked over you. What was that? No, I was saying you just it's not something you can tie back to facts and figures and and for me as an accountant, I want to tie everything back to facts and figures and logic. But actually that that is the bit that sits outside. I know this person's going to be a great fit and I knew that that they would irrelevant of the interview, but we go through the process to kind of prove our gut our instinct is correct. So if we were to try and um make this uh, a pragmatic way of decision making for for people listening to this could we say that one one element of decision making then is to 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 go with your gut or feel it in your gut so that you've actually got a preference you really use your gut connect with your gut whatever the phrase around the gut but get some intelligence get get some intuition going the instinctiveness from your gut and then is it just get aha uh-huh. And, and get yourself in a room and, and maybe say, right, okay, in the in the next 10, 15, 20 minutes, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kick this about and I'm gonna have confidence in what's coming up, and that's my decision. So cause that can take weeks of agonizing out. Um that if we just say, right, I want to make this decision and I actually want to make it in a timely manner, and I want to make it in the next 25, 30 minutes. And, you know, my gut's actually saying this at the moment. Now, I guess you could knock it past people. So you used your team, which was a great uh, developmental exercise in itself. You could phone a trusted advisor. You could phone a friend to to quote a game show. Um, But actually, you know, kick that about and there's your decision. Right, great. I've made it. What's next? So, So that... That could be one way of doing it. There's another. There's another way of decision making that I I've read that's maybe more in in line with uh, your industry, and I might get this wrong, but I, and then I'll throw it over to you. But this sort of cost benefit analysis approach to decision making, is that you, you're sort of nodding at me there. So I'm hoping that's maybe resonated a bit. Could you could you maybe explain what? your take of that type of decision-making is? Well, yeah, because you learn this in accountancy school, um, how to do a a CBA graph, right? Cost-benefit analysis. What we're, I mean, the way I feel this fits in with most business owners is you, you have something that you can purchase or spend your time on and we then basically map it forwards and, and you can see how that impacts your future position. So let's say we have the option to um, take on a new member of staff, right? Let's keep on that theme, right? So we've got option, two two choices. We either take on this member of staff and it's going to cost us, I don't know, £50,000 a year, right? A new salesperson, £50,000 a year. Um or our choice is to not. I would then model that forward and say, right, so what's our sales performance look like without that person in it? So where do we end up in a year to 18 months? And then let's model it forward with the the cost of that person in there. But now let's bring in the additional sales that they should start to do after they've got a runway. And let's look at where we are in 12 to 18 months with that person in there, right? So we've got a bit of clarity around our numbers. You know, there's it's always projections and we've talked about that. But we know certain things we do know. We know what the costs are and we know what someone else should deliver in this role. And then you can contrast those two points and probably realise 
actually, if we look at this, and it's either a no-brainer to do one or the other, or we can't afford not to take this person on because this is look at where we're going to do. A lots of people do it with marketing spend. Often, someone comes to me and say, Matt, I feel like I'm, my gut tells me need to spend some money on marketing. We would then use this. Well, look, look, what can it deliver? If you give them these goals and this is what you achieve and this is the return that you get, this is, you know, this is the end result. And therefore, why wouldn't you spend and keep turning that marketing wheel in order to deliver these results? Um, so that's not, it's probably not the technical cost benefit answer, but it's the real world. Right, we're contrasting our future position with and without this choice understanding what it's going to cost us and then what we're going to achieve as results from that and therefore is it the right decision or not what i like about that approach is that we've talked before about the role of emotion and pretty much everything to do with the human being and how emotion can sometimes seriously get in the way and what, what I like about that approach is that it, it's more or less without emotion. It's a it's an analysis which tends to play more to um, the, the, the logic. And, and you're looking at costs and you're looking at benefit and you're making your decision on that. So you're, you're using information, data, logic, uh, and coming up with a, 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 a maybe a clear answer, maybe that process spits out a clear winner, and you back the winner or you you back yeah. the, the the best horse in that. But there's less emotion involved, which might be easier for a lot of people. It gives you confidence as well. Once you see it written down, and it comes out of out of the gut decision into a well, yeah, look, if I it's a no brainer because we're going to grow by ten percent if we do this or not, then then. I feel like that's a useful exercise. And that's generally what people use us for and other accountants, you know, use it to, can you just model this to make sure that what we're doing isn't crazy or, or it is going to give us what we think it is. The other thing you need to factor in, and that is the opportunity cost. So if we do this, does it prevent us from doing something else? And which is the better of those options? If we've only got a finite budget, do we spend that money on marketing or do we spend that money on a new hire or do we spend that money on, a new office or whatever it is you can only do one of them the op there's an opportunity cost there isn't there of not being able to do the other and therefore which is the that that cost benefit analysis allows you to to model that as well so that you can be you can kind of line up different decisions or different options against each other not just should we do option a or not should we do option a or option b or option c in in your work with business owners and entrepreneurs do you see Imagine there was just two ways of decision-making. There isn't, right? But just so far, we've talked about going with your gut and uh, a CBA, a cost-benefit analysis approach. Do you see a preference out there at the moment, uh, one that's used more than others as a, a way of decision-making? I think most business owners run their business from their gut. And then okay. to, they'll all have a comfort zone of, kind of the the material impact slash cost of their decisions there'll be if it's you know if it's gonna have a, i don't know a ten thousand pound impact one way or another they're probably not going to come and get us to do any work on it but if it's a hundred thousand then they'll get it sense checked for their own peace of mind i think very rarely very very rarely does someone come to me and say can we model this i think i'm thinking of doing this can we model it 
And then by the time we model it, we're going back and they're not then making that decision. Almost always they come to us, not with a decision made, but with the, the their gut is right because most successful business people, their gut is, is, is right, right? That's how they got it. They had a gut feeling right at the start that maybe we should do this for ourselves or we should set this business up. And so they're just following on that same path. But generally, yeah, they come to us and say, I think we, we, I think we should hire, I think we need to hire someone new, or I think we need to move office, or I think we need a new factory or whatever it is. Can you just sense check it for me to make sure that I'm not crazy? Had it this week, I had a recruiter come to me who wants to set up five new divisions and, and like, you know, quadruple the size of his business in the next three years. And it's like, am I going mad? Or do, like, it feels like this is the opportunity. Am I going mad? Can we help help me model it to make sure it, it's sensible? And I said, I think the fact that you've brought it to me makes me think it's not mad. But yeah, of course, we'll model it and we'll show you where the pitfalls might be. But I think this is where we're going to end up the path we're going to go on because you you know, he's got to where he's got to using this kind of internal barometer. I don't think it's going to change now. Does that make sense? It really, really does. So I'm, I'm going to ask you, this is a, it's usually you asking me the questions here. So this is brilliant. This, I'm quite liking this role here. So I'm going to ask you another one if you don't mind. Um, and I'm happy to give a view here as well, right? But what, so, so far we've talked about, you say, the gut and, and the CBA approach. And actually there's a third way that you mentioned, which is the gut and then the CBA bolted onto the top of it, which is, which is great. Going back to my original insight, which was that um, these group, that gaggle of CEOs said that decision, effective decision making was the number one quality of a, of a CEO. Do you see then, uh, do you see a correlation between a business owner that exhibits good, timely decision making and the performance of the business? A one hundred percent. I was I was literally thinking this um, while you were while you were introducing the podcast, actually. So we contrast two clients of mine. Both both had a difficult decision to make. Right, we talked about one of them recently, where the business went through a little brief period of turmoil, and instantly almost, and it wasn't instant, but within twenty four hours of the the kind of the impact of this turmoil showing and the clients being lost one of these business owners basically made a big decision to let go one of their most senior members of staff and and over the course of the next six weeks took other costs out of their business and ended up as we said in the previous podcast ended up bringing their kind of cost base down almost exactly in line with the sales reduction to the point where they've remained as profitable during this real period of downturn than they were during the positive times, right? And now they're building back, going great, I'm going to see them tomorrow, and they're going great guns again. But they made that decision quicker than any other business owner I've encountered, right? And I remember saying at the time, the bravery of doing that and having that difficult conversation and, and just pulling the plug on it was was... I, I thought quite eye-opening, but it's definitely 100% the right decision. Contrast that, we've got other clients where every time I see them, they're telling me about the poor performance of a member of the team or something's not right and we need to do something about this. And every time it's like, yeah, I'm going to go and do that now, I'm going to go and do that now, and they're just not doing it. And then we're having the same conversations. Now, 
I don't I'm not saying that one of these business leaders is better than the other but I do think that there's the ability to make those super quick decisions correctly is is a massive um impact has a massive impact on business development and business growth and just that that is a, a I think if you were to take a snapshot of the best business leaders they all have that skill it doesn't mean if you don't have it you're not but but they, that's a skill that all that would be common amongst all those high performing business owners do, do you know what right do you know what i love about what you've just said there um so i came on to the the call today with the insight from ceos of the the biggest giantest companies of the world right and they said that and 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 you and i not not exclusively we don't but we we deal with uh, small to medium enterprises more is that unmanaged yeah yeah yeah. okay so you know and there's clearly a big range in headcount and also revenue and profit of course there is and and there there's the same insight you know so if if we say to our listeners today really really go with this insight how genuinely how good is your decision making and there is a a a, a clear actionable route to a higher level of performance for your company in that one thing which is decision making and that for some people listening they might be going oh my goodness i'm i take years to make even what i'm going to have for breakfast in the morning you know so there is something there for everyone to listening to this right now to go right okay that that is that's seriously big actually if i can move this decision making on and and we've given two three reasons three ways the the gut and and get and give it a, a time limit on it maybe 10 15 20 minutes go with that the the, the cba uh, are, are the gut and the CBA is is three ways where you can really level up your decision making. Yeah, uh, I read something a while back. I should come more prepared to our podcast and tell you who 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 wrote this and the actual entire story. But I read somewhere that there was a this methodology of of, of decision making where. You make a decision in five, like most decisions, you can make a decision within about five seconds is what your brain says, right? Do I want, like you walk into a car showroom within five seconds of looking at this car, you've decided whether you want to buy it or not, right? Subconsciously, you're either on it or you're not, right? And then you've got five hours where you kind of sense check your own decision, right? So if if you make the, the instant gut feeling five seconds, then generally most people give themselves five hours to internally kind of do the pros and cons and kind of sense check it and come back to it. And at that point, your decision is fixed. And then you come back to it in five days. And if you haven't made a decision within five days, then you're not going to make a decision. And actually you should just, you know, it's, that's not, it's not important enough to make a decision and you're going to forget about it and move on. And that's when most people, and, and in business, that kind of I think that plays out right most people I mean the timeline might be stretched and skewed slightly but either your gut tells you one thing you do very quickly thereafter make the decision really in your head 
And if, if you've not formally implemented that within five days, a week or so, it's probably gone and done and you're on to the next problem or the next issue or the next opportunity. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. It really does. But, but I, there's something I just want to throw you away and just, just get your thoughts, right? And again, hopefully this, this can help people on, on listening to this today. So what... I don't want to go into the whole procrastination thing, but I think one of the big things at play is even if you've now done the CBA and you're as clear as day or you've got the gut and, and it's clear as day and you know the decision, I I think then there, there's certain shark fins in the water that can still get in the way even at this point. It could be people-pleasing, it could be maybe lack of confidence, but maybe couldn't bear criticism if it went wrong, et cetera, et cetera. And, 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 and the thing stops dead. Do, do you see that? Does it think that's a thing for people? Yeah, I think I, I sometimes get frustrated when someone comes to me with an idea that their guts obviously told them is what they want to do. We do the sense check for them. And kind of prove to them that yeah that's a really good idea that's what you should do and then we check in two weeks later and it's not moved because they spoke to dave in the pub and he he talked them out of it because all you know there's a recession coming you don't want to do this or you don't want to do that and it frustrates me not because um we think it's a good idea and our client hasn't done it it frustrates me because I, I, again, if we go back to that that five seconds, five hours, my, the client at this point, their guts told them they should do it and the science has told them they should do it. They will do it. They're just What they've done now is they've just put themselves back a month by talking to Dave in the pub or whoever who's put them off and we'll circle back round and it'll happen. And it always does. And I just think, wow, you know, we're, we're, we've lost a month there because someone someone managed to kind of talk you out of it. Yeah, that frustrates me. If, I don't generally see people make a decision and then flip-flop on it permanently. Boris Johnson accepted. So do you think part of that that conversation with Dave in the pub is that either Dave's very overbearing and uh, hits them with a lot of... Like, one of these characters that sound convincing, even yeah. though there's, a, there's probably precious little intelligence coming out, um, or that... It's just this lack of confidence in self. So the minute there's a, a nudge, they, they sort of fall over. Don't want to take. It's a confidence off. thing, hundred percent confidence. Yeah. Um, but it's I get and I get that because however successful in inverted commas anyone is, self doubt, imposter syndrome is a is a factor for everybody, and you know. It's, it's, the more I, the more I speak to successful business owners, the more I realise that everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's got the same issues. I was with, I sat in on a coaching session of one of my clients with their business coach this week, and they are phenomenally successful business. They're sm- absolutely smashing it out of the park. And then they they in the coaching session they said, oh, "We haven't slept this week because this happened and that happened, and I was really stressed about this." And I'm thinking, "Why are you? That's not a worry." You know, given where you were three years ago and what was happening then, that's a worry now is, you know, but it's, you can't, you can't tell someone not to worry about something. If you're worried about something, if it's rational or irrational, it doesn't matter. 
it's a, it's a big factor for whoever that individual is. And, and so if you've got someone who's, where am I going with this? If you've got someone whose confidence is, is not absolutely unshakable, and that is the majority of people, then it's it's easy whoever you are it's easy to if you have the wrong conversation or something you know get the wrong email you can have your confidence shaken and then you go back into that circling holding pattern while you sort out your facts and your science and get your confidence back to make that decision that your gut told you six weeks ago is the right decision so so when, when we're calling this the art of decision making could we say could we say the art of decision making is in two parts one is clarity on the answer and two executing said answer do you think do you think there's two different disciplines playing out here i think the yeah once you've made a decision there's a direct correlation and we've had this conversation before there's the decision once the decision is made that that's one thing right and getting to that point everyone has their own process but then there's a direct correlation between successful high performing businesses and business owners and decision makers executing their decisions quickly and effectively. That is a hundred percent correlation. And a lot of people, I, and I do this in a real minor way, right? But the amount of people that make a decision and then think, right, we've made the decision. Now it's all just going to happen. I've made a decision to do this. And therefore, you know, I'm going to pivot my business to a completely online model. And I've made that decision and that's it. And now it's going to all happen. I do this with emails. The amount of times that I get an email and I think in my head, right, this is what I'm going to respond to that. And then I don't ever bloody respond. But in my mind, I've responded to it because I've I've mapped out the answer in my head. And the amount of times Emily's like, you know, you haven't actually sent that email. We need to send that every day. That's every day of my life, right? But that's it on a really small scale. You, your brain kind of gets to the end and you've made your decision and you think that's gonna that's it and it's not that's the hard work starts then doesn't it uh-huh. I, I I I totally get that and I'm conscious that we've hit the magic 30 which is amazing um but I get that I I sometimes go through my day and you're right I'm I'm visualizing the day it feels great because in my mind, I've solved three or four issues and I've got back to people and we've had that conversation. But And I can quite easily just end the day without having these conversations because in my mind, it's all sorted. I've made my decision. I'm clear. I'm pretty sure they respond well to it. Therefore, job done. <laughs> and then you think, oh, I really do need to have that conversation. So I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a big, big point. And without get without going off on a tangent, I think it's this links quite a lot into positive manifestation. Right, the other side of this is is thinking things into existence. So we've got one side: you make your decision and you think it's going to happen, and it doesn't because you haven't done anything. You've just made a decision that you're going to do something that you then don't do. The other way, the amount of times that it's like that kind of build it and they will come mentality. I am going to take this new member of staff on and we are going to find the work for them no doubt happens you create a vacuum we talk to it a lot with business owners where they're not taking enough money out of the business so they're always paid last and we're like put yourself pay yourself first before you pay all your staff mm-hmm. put yourself as first on the payroll and it will create a vacuum you will get the cash in to pay everybody don't worry about that you but putting yourself at the front creates this 
vacuum effect that everything follows it and it's the same if you put new people in role if you buy the new equipment almost always if it was the right decision then you implement it even if you're implementing it slightly earlier than than the science or the logic would say the positive manifestation the vacuum effect brings you what you need um so yeah there we go i'm out of words now well that's us we have we've done it it's 32 minutes the art of decision making i think we've we've covered two or three techniques that there's there was more that i wanted to bring but as always you know we 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 we, the the time flies doesn't it but that that first part of the art of decision making then is getting clarity on solution and there's different ways of doing it and then the second part of the art of decision making is executing that solution bringing it into reality through action but what you've identified is that there is a clear correlation between business owners who are strong, and I mean that as a strength, at decision-making and business performance, as there is in the, in the CEOs of the big, massive, massive beasts out there. Same, same thing. So if anyone's listening to this and thinking, right, what could I do starting tomorrow to, to really increase the performance of my business? It's work on my decision-making. There we go. Right. On that note, then, uh, we will let everyone go back about their day and we will be back next week. We're we're not expecting any more super bugs to take us down for weeks on end. So we will be back next week with more podcast gold. As ever, find us on social, throw us a like, comment on the posts. We love all of that. And we will see you next week. But for now, that's all for me. And that's all for my friend, Alan. Goodbye. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast.